Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Anne Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. I want to thank everyone for joining today and listening. I hope you're having a great homeschool season, whichever time of year you're listening. And I wanted to thank everyone that has left some feedback. And if you haven't done that and you are enjoying the show, please, I encourage you, and I'm having a humble request, if you would please leave me some feedback. That helps me uh, get more subscribers as well as potential sponsors in the future. So I would really appreciate it if you could leave me a bit of feedback. So today I want to jump in and talk about kind of a fun topic, and that is engaging with your kids in their hobbies or interest to see what's going on, what it's all about. And I say this from direct experience. I've talked to some other parents about this in the past and had some really interesting conversations about it. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. So basically, diving into some of your kids' interests gives you a different perspective on whatever that is. You get to see the appeal that your kids get from it. It might not be something that you're interested in, but usually you can at least get a good idea of why they're interested in it. it you can see what they're learning from it, and you can see what connections might be able to be made with other things that you're doing or that you're learning or just other life skills. And I want to give a couple examples of how this has worked in our homeschool. I wanted to start with kind of an easy one, and that was dolls. So when my, old, my oldest daughter was, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, she started to get interested in American Girl dolls. I had not had one as a child myself. I didn't really know much about them, except that they were expensive. I thought, let's check these out. Let's see what's, what's going on with these dolls. So we happened to go to Chicago and we, there was a big American Girl doll store there. And that was pretty much our first exposure. And we went into the store and, oh my gosh, talk about a retail gold mine, but that's another topic. I was fascinated with the history, the, the dolls that have a historical period. And I thought it was fabulous. I just, I could not get enough of it. I really loved it. And I looked at all the displays and I was looking through the books. I was talking with my daughter about the different, the different aspects of each of those time frames. And we could have spent hours in that store, but I think we probably only spent two hours, which wasn't enough. And we did not leave with the doll. I will say that because they were very expensive, but we really learned a lot about what was available and it gave us uh, a jumping off point. And I remember I went home and as a parent, I started looking for other options to make this affordable. So I found some used dolls that were great. But the other thing we did was we started reading the, the books and we read some of the books and they were really great. They gave a lot of information in that historical fiction way that makes kids be able to really see what some of the, the topics or some of the historical aspects, how they were made real in a child's life the ramifications, and all that inf kind of information. And I, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but 
I just really jumped right in with both feet with this American Girl doll thing because I just thought there was so much to offer, not only from the historical stories and the historical dolls, but just with doll play in general. It's it's so creative because the kids are using their imagination. They're coming up with little dialogues between themselves and the dolls. They're coming up with little settings. We did we did some crafting of different things like um, I, we didn't really do clothes, though I know other people, you know, make their own clothes, but we were doing like little furniture and little accessories, different things like that. And it was really fun. And when my youngest daughter got old enough, same thing, really jumped in and really embraced the whole doll play thing. And even now, my youngest daughter is nine and she still has a lot of American Girl dolls and plays with them. And that's also something that she saved up money for. She sold other toys and saved up money to buy her own new doll that she had wanted. So that was another part of the whole learning process as well as saving money and and what it costs to get things that you're interested in. Some people just kind of think, oh, I'm going to give my child this doll and they can play with it. But I really got into it with them and I played with them and I really encouraged it. And It was fun for both of us because we were both engaged. We were playing together. We were looking at things together, talking, discussing, and it was great for both of us. It was not just a passive kind of activity. It was something we were both engaged in, and it was a lot of fun. Another example would be animals. Now, when my kids, my oldest two were about, I'm thinking, 10 and 12-ish, They joined 4-H, this was when we lived in the Midwest, and one of the things that of course appealed to them was raising an animal. So my son wanted to raise a rabbit and my daughter wanted a guinea pig. We did not have any other pets at that time. And I had always loved animals, especially small animals like hamsters and guinea pigs and things like that, but we hadn't had any in a long time. My husband and I had had a, um, a house rabbit when we first got married for a couple years, and then after that, we hadn't had anything. So this was our first foray into the pet world. And one thing that I am as a researcher, so that, that's good when it comes to pets because I really did a lot of research and encouraged the kids to really look into all the different aspects of care and all of that kind of information. And that probably took a good, I made them look into this for a month or two before we even started looking at Um, rescues and where we could get a rabbit and a guinea pig. So we did a lot of work on the upfront. And that was just, again, that was something we both learned from how to research, how to find information. Um, We looked at housing, like it was it better to house them outside, inside? What were the ramifications of that? What were the costs of indoor versus outdoor cages? All those kinds of things, which by the way, my own Uh, research and bias only indoors. That's just got to put that out there since I do volunteer at an animal rescue for rabbits and guinea pigs. So one of the things we did do was we went to a rescue. We did get um, a pair of rabbits, which we were told were both females. Guess what? They were wrong. Thankfully, the male was young enough that we did not have any babies, but we did have to separate them until the male got neutered. This is all a learning process. And then they were able to go back together. And then we also got a pair of guinea pigs, which were both females. 
that was all a huge learning activity for both of us. They, my kids, I have to say, again, as a volunteer at a, a rescue, I've seen countless, like just weekly, monthly uh, parents bringing in animals that their kids lost interest in. I, I cannot stress enough about how important it is to do research and really get an idea if your child really can care for an animal in the long haul. But I'm happy to say my kids really did do that. And my oldest daughter, who's now 17, she still has animals. She still has guinea pigs. She still cares for them. My youngest daughter, who is nine, really wanted a hamster this year. And honestly, I thought that was a little too young. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. But I love small animals. And so I knew that even if she lost interest, it would be mine. Because ultimately, the pets are always the parents, no matter how you try to justify the animal being your child, the adult's always ultimately responsible. Again, that's my little PSA. This was something that I thought, okay, I'm happy with having a hamster, so if she's happy with it, that's cool. Again, we did a lot of research. We talked about cages. We talked about care, about food, all those kinds of things. And she got a hamster. She's had it since last spring, so nine months-ish. She plays with it. She cares for it. She cleans it. She's actually done better than I even expected, to be perfectly honest. But the one thing I found through all of these years, I mean, this has been over 10 years now with having small animals, I love them. I absolutely love them, which led to both my oldest daughter and I both volunteering at a small animal rescue when we moved to Southern California about five and a half years ago. We've been volunteering there ever since. She actually works for them now, and we help with events and other other things throughout the year. And we love small animals. Like, it's just part of our family now. Like, we cannot not rescue an animal in need, much to my husband's dismay sometimes. But that's another, that's another thing. If I had not really embraced this and really looked into all the research and all the aspects of the whole animal care thing and all the different things that go with having a pet and the pet ownership and all the things involved, I would not have realized and kind of rekindled my love of animals and how deeply I care for them and how important they are as part of our lives. And now we have three guinea pigs, one hamster, uh, two bearded dragons, and a small dog. We're kind of, you know, getting to the max point. But again, we, we are always taking in animals because we don't want them to suffer. And working in a rescue, I've seen what happens to them when people don't step up and when they don't care for their pets. So again, this is just, again, I've seen so much good that can come out of it. And again, we're both engaged in it. My daughter and I volunteer, not only with the rescue, but we had a big pet expo every spring. That is a huge, huge event. And we love doing that because we love talking with people about about pet ownership and the rewards and the challenges and what it entails. And we get to see lots of other animals as well and talk with other uh, volunteers. And it's just been a really great experience. I, I just can't, again, this is one of those things that has just been such a, a great learning experience for not only my kids, but also for me, because I have learned so much that what pet stores tell you is mostly not true about the care for an animal. Animals, almost anything, no matter if it's cat, dog, bird, lizard, 
guinea pig, whatever it is, almost always requires something very different and much more involved than what a pet store will tell you. So again, another PSA about animals. But learning about different care and different things from online forums and Facebook groups and things like that has been huge. It's just been such a benefit for me and for my kids. Another way you can kind of share their interest is with books. Now, obviously, I love books, and I've talked about this before, but there are certainly preferences that everyone has. Like my daughter really loved the kind of Hunger Games, Divergent, those kinds of books for a while, and I was kind of, eh, that's not really my genre that I usually like to read. You know, I'm not going to really read that. And she was like, no, no, I really want you to read it. It's really good. And so first I read the Hunger Game series, and then I read the Divergent series, and they were very good. I mean, there were certainly things about them that I did like, and I wasn't necessarily to my taste, but the fact that I read them, we were able to have conversations about it, and we were able to talk about other um, dystopian novels and topics and just different kinds of things that we wouldn't have been able to discuss if I had not read them. Now, I don't read everything that they read, But I do try to at least get a taste of it, like read at least one book in a series or one one book of that of that nature of that genre so I can get an idea of it. And like my oldest son, who is 20, one of the things he just did recently is he's starting to reread the whole Redwall series, which I absolutely love. When he was young, like I don't even know how young, maybe eight or something, we had learned about the Redwall series. And I found them extremely difficult to read aloud. So thank goodness for audiobooks because I could not do all those accents and things. But that was when we first got involved with Redwall. And at that time, we did not read the whole series. So we did read quite a few of the books, probably about six of them or so. Again, that wasn't really something that I necessarily would normally read. But we saw a PBS series had, uh, Brian Jakes had done a, series on TV, an animated series, and we had watched that first, and then we started reading some of the books. If I had not read some of those, I really wouldn't have known much about the whole franchise and how, how the whole series played out. And my son loved those. So now he's reading them all again. I think he's on book five or six right now. And we've been able to talk about those again. And at least I know what he's talking about when, when he's having these different things that pop up that he wants to talk about. Reading some of the different genres or some of the different interests that your kids are really interested in can go far in conversations and discussions and even using that as an example when you're comparing it to other other similar topics or other other books. It's just such a great experience to be able to share in that same kind of viewpoint and that same kind of information to have those conversations that you wouldn't normally be able to have. Another one I kind of laugh about, and some of my friends and family even make fun of this as well, is kind of the whole geeky fandom comic kind of interest. My oldest daughter really got interested in some of the comics around when she was 12-ish. And some of them were kind of Marvel, DC kinds of things. Others were like uh, My Little Pony or some of those other kinds of comics. So there was a quite a wide variety that she was reading. 
which I was fine with, though I didn't have any experience with those. I hadn't really read very much comics as a kid. I kind of read a few, but not very many. So I didn't really have any of the backstory lines or anything. My exposure to kind of the whole superhero thing was through movies because I hadn't really read any of the graphic novels or the comics. So she started reading those and that was really cool because she said things that I hadn't really thought about as far as far as comparing them to the movies like oh the movie got that all wrong really in the comics you know this character does this or this character has this kind of personality and the movie's totally different. So that was a really cool thing to be able to discuss. And so even though I didn't read all of them that she was reading, I did read a couple of the different uh, series that she was interested in. I had read some of the Batgirl ones. I had read um, a few of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I read some of the different ones that she was reading so that, again, we could talk about the different stories. We could compare them to the movies, what we liked, what we didn't like, what they did well, what they didn't do well. And it was just a fun thing that, again... I let myself kind of, okay, even though this is really isn't my thing, I'm going to I'm going to try this. And about 5 4 or 5 years ago, we went to WonderCon, which if you've heard of Comic-Con, which is that huge event in San Diego, WonderCon is kind of like a little sister of that. Still a big event, like 65,000 people, so it's still a huge event. Some of her friends were like, "Oh, Tess, you have to go to this WonderCon event. It's all about fandom and comics and there's panels and all of this kind of stuff. And she was still young enough that I was not going to let her go by herself or even with friends. So I said, okay, I, I will go with this. Other parents were going as well. It was a gateway to a whole different viewpoint of, of an interest. It was, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. I love WonderCon with all my being. Uh, it's such a great event. And if I had not really embraced this, this is something we I never would have done, ne- never in a million years. Like I just, it was just outside of my realm of anything. And now we make it a huge deal every single year. Like we put it on our calendar immediately after the previous year so that we do not miss it. We buy tickets for all three days. We, I don't dress up, but my daughter dresses up. She makes her own costumes. It's so fun. And and it's not just for kids. I mean, there is tons of adults, if not as more than more adults than kids. It is such a varied event because and it's even hard to explain unless you, unless you attend. But they have all these panels. They talk about writing. Uh, they have author panels with writing books, writing graphic novels, writing comics. They have screenwriting. They have cosplay making the different costumes they have using comics in the classroom I went that was one I went to last year which was really great um, is talking about using the different issues in Harry Potter for teaching students I mean I can go on and on there's so many things about um, w- women in comics and how that's changed over the years and uh, for the good and the bad and so so many great topics and this is really help my daughter and I become closer because we do so much of that kind of uh, fandom kind of geeky event kind of stuff together and that's kind of something that we we do that never would have happened if I you know hadn't really opened myself up to try this again it's just another example of something that I let myself try found that I loved it 
never in a million years would I think that would be something that I that I enjoyed, but absolutely I do. And it's just another example of how you really have to trust that you can try do new things. You can like them or dislike them. It's okay to dislike them, but at least you get a taste of it and you can see why your kid might like it, what what they might learn from it, why they might get so sucked into it that they become addicted to it. Like with video games, it, that's another great example in that if you try it, you can kind of see maybe what the appeal is and why they want to play it so much. And it also might be that it gives you different kinds of things to be watchful for. Oh, I didn't know that game had you know these kinds of aspects. I didn't know the game did this or this. And so it's things for you to talk to your child about what some of their decisions were regarding the choices in the game. So again, so many different things that you can learn from opening yourself up to joining in some of your kids' interest. Just some of other ideas just to throw out there for things that I don't necessarily engage in, but you can engage in are video games or Legos or robotics or cars. My son is really big into cars. And even though I'm not so much, my husband is. So that's something that they share together and talk about, like old older muscle cars, things like that. But my, my oldest daughter is also really interested in like VW bugs and VW uh, vans. She just gets a big kick out of those. Things are really cool. Wants one someday. Again, that's not something that I have a big interest in, but my husband does. So he takes her to different events, different shows, talks with her about that. So again, it doesn't always have to be you, but maybe your your partner can do some of these interests as well. Some other things might just be other book genres or movies. I know one of the big things that was really cool was my daughter was really interested in a certain director that I didn't really know anything about. She started talking with me about this director, which again, I didn't really know anything about, and was comparing the different movies, the different movie styles, the different aspects that he used in his movies with music and setting and different things that I had never noticed. So I went to a few movies with her that he had done, one of our local independent theaters was having a film fest for him and so we saw a couple different movies that he had done and I watched one uh, she had a a couple different short clips on YouTube and I had watched those so then we were able to have a conversation about some of his movies and even though some of his movies really aren't of my interest it was still good to be able to talk with her about those differences and that's something that she could articulate very well to me about the different things with the films that I had never noticed before or I had never thought about. So again, so many things that you can learn for yourself and can really make your life richer by just trying these things out that you normally never would have thought about. So you could see that this is a topic I'm pretty passionate about because I've just gotten so much out of some of my kids' interest which I love. I just think it's fabulous. It's one of those great things that I've benefited from homeschooling. Granted, it doesn't have to be just homeschoolers that benefit from this kind of thing. It can be anyone. But I feel like as a homeschooler, we've had so much more time to dive into some of these topics than we would have otherwise if my kids were in school all day. 
So that's one of the great things that I love too, is just that there have been so many learning connections and so much learning from these activities that we can do just in our daily lives that we may not have been able to otherwise. So I wanna wrap this up and I want to thank everyone for listening. I hope you will check me out on Instagram at Latte Books to Read. And I hope that you'll check me out also on Facebook at the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I did post some holiday books there last week and I kept that up for about a week. I did take it down because unfortunately I did not realize that you could turn the view to mirror image so that you could see the words and the titles correctly to the books as the way I filmed it everything was mirror image so it was backwards and it was making me insane every time I saw that somebody viewed it so I left it up for a week but then I took it down and I'm still planning on doing some more videos correctly this time that I will be sharing some different different books some holiday books winter books seasonal books things like that as well as just some other resources that we use in our homeschool. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you will have a great rest of your week. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.